Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Party starting. I feel the mood. This girl too stunning. She got me good. When she looked back, I feel the groove. We done start humming. Tonight this is me own for truth. Love that, bad, bad, this girl too cute. Take that stance and start the pursuit. Plan that, work that, then execute. Fit that, drip that, take up the suit. Sing that, chill that, give her the flute. Talk that, roll that, prepare the fruit. Lock and load that, it's time to shoot. Hey, girl, I want you for tonight. Yeah, we are under the moon. Oh, Lord, that's soaking wet. I don't want to soft too soon. I know you're moving with the vibes, eh? Music make it feel nice, eh? Yeah, we done got the signs, eh? Yeah. That tonight is the night. We do it right. We're fetting till we sweating, baby. Don't be polite. The way that you work, look back for the smirk. You got me thinking, I, 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 I love that bad that this girl too cute. Take that stance and start the pursuit. Plan that, work that, then execute. Fit that, trip that, take up the suit. Sing that, chill that, give her the flute. Talk that, roll that, prepare the fruit. Lock and know that it's time to shoot. Hey, girl, I want you for tonight. Do you know you me feeling? Hello and welcome to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. My name is Jesse McDougall. I'm a student at the University of Toronto, and today I bring to you episode 39 of this show that I started just about one year ago in Toronto, right here. Today we have a show all about Guyana, and we have two amazing guests. Guest number one is Alyssa. She's a UFT student in political science, like me. And in our interview, we discuss growing up in the Caribbean, we talk about politics, and we also talk about Mashramani, which is the Independence Day celebration that goes on in Guyana. In the second part, of the show we have our first comedian guest coming on that's Danny Adhim. He's a comedian filmmaker and the host of Folk and Comedy, a weekly show on Mondays in the Annex in Toronto at the uh, the Poor House Restaurant. I've been going for the last four weeks meeting some new comedians, having some laughs. Some of the comedians are going to hopefully come on the show very soon. Now this is one of the shows that is so packed with good stuff that the more I talk the less you're going to hear of all that but uh, suffice it to say that I've done four interviews in the last two days so it is a big time of the year for tracks from abroad and I want to call out all the students who are listening from U of T if you want to come on my show this is your moment just send me a message at tfa.radio on Instagram or tracks from abroad at ciut.fm without further ado let's get into my interview with Alyssa right here on tracks from abroad we are talking about Guyana hey, we are tall, a big truck, 
grind so. Crip on my man, I'm a grind him so. I let my rubber and swing my not change that thing because the man them like it so. You want- Welcome to Tracks from Abroad. Thank you so much, Jesse, for having me. Really excited to be here. Yeah. Now, one question I have right off the bat is mm-hmm. that when I think about the Caribbean, I think about the islands, but Guyana, rather, is a little further south. It's in part of South America. Yes. So why is it included in this? So depending on what definition of the Caribbean you consider, um, Guyana would be included and excluded in certain definitions. But we are like other Caribbean countries, Mm -hmm. so we have, you know, similar cultural and social and historical experiences. So we're a lot more um, similar to the Caribbean than our South American uh, neighbors. So like we don't have like, you know, the stereotypical uh, sun, sand and sea that's, you know, most Caribbean islands are like marketed as. Yeah. We're a continent, so we're not an island at all. And as far as the demographic goes, we are considered to have six races. So we have our indigenous community, we have Europeans, we have Africans, we have our East Indians, we have our Portuguese, and we have Chinese. So those are like mm-hmm. the six um, ethnic groups per se. And mm-hmm. then, of course, the seventh one would be like mixed races. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we better introduce you. Of course, we are talking to Alyssa from Guyana. But Alyssa, what do you do at the University of Toronto? Yeah, perfect. So at the University of Toronto, I'm headed into my fourth year. I'm doing a double major in economics and political science. And uh, outside of that, I'm the co-president of the Caribbean Studies Student Union, also known as CARSU. And there I, you know, advocate for the interests and well-being of students who are taking Caribbean Studies courses. So okay. Really exciting stuff. You're yeah. busy, but but we, you and I also share this political science thing. It's also my major. I'm trying to make the best out of it. So. Mm. Person to student to student, let's check in here. How Mm -hmm. is it going for you, political science? So political science has been um, really interesting, actually. When I first came to U of T, I was, you know, more so focused on doing an econ major. And when I took, like, the first year of Paul 101, um, you know, I figured, okay, yeah, politics is kind of interesting. Let's Mm -hmm. kind of see where it goes. And Do you remember that big convocation hall? (sighs) Oh, my gosh. We had a big class. It was super intimidating, you know. And it's crazy because, like, Convocation Hall, like, had more people in it than I had, like, in the entire the entirety of my high school. So that was, like, a pretty Wow, just the room that had more than your high I think that's true for, that's easily true for me, because I had about five or six hundred. How many for you? I think we had about eight or nine hundred. Okay, so, yeah. but still, still, I mean, it was, like, twelve hundred people. Huge, twelve hundred people in there. So, yeah, uh, that was... Do you remember where you sat, oh usually? Gosh. So, like, I sat on the, on the ground. Yep, me too. You too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to be, you know, close to where everything was going on, like with yeah. the prof. So. I remember once I raised my hand and asked a question in front of all the... Oh, my people, gosh. That's... Like, heart inc- beating out of my chest. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> I was, like, way too shy to ask anything. Yeah. Well, let's get into some music on tracks from abroad. And as always, the student guest puts together the playlist. So would you pick a song for us, Alyssa? Sure thing. Let me get my playlist out here right now. Now, while Alyssa is looking for her music, I want to say... If you're listening right now and you say, oh, I want to hear more talking or I want to hear m- more music, you got to give me that info. So send me a message at tracksfromabroad at ciut.fm or tfa.radio on Instagram, and then you can give me your thoughts. We can do a bit more music or a bit more talking, either one you want. Did you find a song there, Alyssa? Yes. Uh, so the first song is no, is called Whining Pro. Um, mm-hmm. It's by an artist called Tamika Marshall, actually featuring Skinny Fabulous, who is from Trinidad. Skinny Fabulous. He's, he's a, been back <laughs> on the show 
again and again. Amazing name for an artist. Let's get into that track. Thank you very much to Alyssa for being on the show, and we will be back right here on Tracks from the Bro. Yeah. 
Come, let me take a walk with brother Tiki. You'll see our landmarks and our monuments. They're so unique. The high brick structure in a lighthouse. The tallest wooden structure, cathedral. 176 tree monuments in the beautiful city hall. You know with the wind in your hair, you're in the right place. G U Y A N N. Oh, that's my beautiful country. G U Y A N N. One people, one nation, one destiny. Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. My name is Jesse McDougall, and today we are back in the Caribbean talking to Alyssa about Guyana. This is a really fun show. Alyssa, welcome again to the show. <laughs> Happy to be back. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about your your uh, this one club. You say you're a co-president yeah. of the Caribbean Studies Student Union. Yeah. So basically in my first year, I remember I was walking around in the basement of a uh, new college and I ended up stumbling across um, Carsu, the Carsu office. But then when I came to realize that, oh, no, U of T actually has, you know, a Caribbean studies program and you can actually major and minor and, and stuff like that in Caribbean studies. And through there, a lot of students who are enrolled in Caribbean studies courses and the pieces that they work on, we often publish in that Caribbean quilt. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's two people we really have to shout out who have been on the show before, that being Nestor Rodriguez and Kevin Edmonds. And those folks, uh, they're professors, I shouldn't professors. call them. <laughs> those dudes. They, uh, they came on the show, but they're also involved in Caribbean studies, right? Yes, yes. So both of them, I definitely will say, have been instrumental to keeping Carsu um, what it is and kind of just assisting, you know, students like myself in these leadership positions um, in terms of, you know, navigating and advocating for the interests of students in the Caribbean Studies program. So, mm -hmm. yeah, shout out to both of them. Yeah. Um, incredibly helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Nestor Rodriguez was on a show about Dominican Republic, Kevin Edmonds on the show about St. Lucia. And if you didn't know, we have a whole catalog of these uh, episodes on all different countries of the world. But let's move on to the music. I want, if you could, to pick a song and then just tell us how you came upon that song why is it that it's on your playlist oh wow okay <laughs> 
So I'm going to go with uh, Not a Blade of Grass. So that song is by a Guyanese artist known as Juke Ross. And his song is actually a cover of, you know, the, the title is the same. And uh, basically, the song is really uh, important, I think, and in influential for Guyana because of what the song represents. So if you were not familiar, if you didn't know, there is a sort of a border conflict that exists between Guyana and Venezuela. And this song was kind of made to kind of, you know, assert our, our sovereignty and kind of just keep our spirits high. Um, so yeah, that's the, the song pays homage to you know national pride and that kind of thing. Okay, cool. So yeah, we have two political science students in the in the <laughs> building talking about <laughs> conflict between Venezuela and Guyana. We're gonna get back to that, but we're gonna go to some music. Let's play that track from Alyssa. Thank you again very much for being on the show. Tracks from abroad. Here we go. Let's do it. We are a peaceful people. Struggle is we struggle, and we don't look for trouble. Just ask around. But when outside faces from foreign places talk about taking over, we ain't backing down. We ain't giving up no mountains, we ain't giving up no tree, we ain't giving up no river that belongs to we. Not one blue sake, not one rice grain, not one karas, not a blade of grass. This land is all I know We're gonna make it somehow We will bend like a bow and never break Our fathers came here And they lived and died here And we ain't moving nowhere Make no mistake Cause we ain't giving up no mountains We ain't giving up no tree We ain't giving up the river that belongs to we Not one blue sake Not one rice grain Not one grass Not a blade of grass We love the open country Of the Rupununi And the Essequibo The time of night Though we may criticize it This is our we love it and we need to keep it, we have that right. So we ain't giving up no mountains. We ain't giving up, we ain't giving up no trees. We ain't giving up no river that belongs to we. Not one blue sake, not one rice grain, not one grass, not a blade of grass. So we ain't giving up no mountains. We ain't giving up no tree We ain't giving up no river That belongs to we Not one blue sake Not one rice grain Not one caress Not a blade of grass This is Georgetown, the capital of Guyana, a tiny South American country that sits right on the edge of that mighty Amazon jungle. At the end of the week, Delvin and I will cook for the tribe's chief, who will decide whether I've come to grips with a cuisine that's existed for thousands of years. Failure is not an option. See you, buddy. 
tracks from abroad. Tracks from abroad. Tracks from abroad. Tracks from abroad.
Welcome back to Tracks from Abroad. My name is Jesse McDougall. It's a beautiful day out here in Toronto, but we are indoors in the afternoon here with Alyssa talking about Guyana. And I want to ask you a, a bit of an existential question. You and I, both going into fourth year at the University of Toronto, first I want to know how has it been, and second I want to know what are your sort of thoughts for the coming year? Yeah, so my experience so far at the University of Toronto has been, you know, really interesting in the sense that I've learned so much about, you know, who I am outside of the places that, you know, made me. So uh, it's been transformative in that sense. And then also to, you know, the people that I've met here have really broadened my worldview. What's like left pretty much for both of my degrees, uh, economics and political science. But I'm also hoping to enroll in some public policy courses to kind of mm. see what that's like. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, what, for what fourth year is going to look like for me. And uh, really excited, just trying to make the most out of all of the opportunities that are around me. And nice. Yeah. Nice. Public policy just reminds me, you know, reading the news these days, they see uh, the climate deal, like there's the Build Back Better deal in the U.S. and yeah. just climate change is really um, being debated hotly, we could say. But climate change in the Caribbean has its own has its own dangers. Um, Definitely. Rising waters on those islands. Yeah. Is that a discussion that's going on? So I think I'm really glad that that you brought that up. So Guyana doesn't necessarily deal with, you know, the same types of natural disasters that a lot of the Caribbean countries face. So we don't have any active volcanoes or we That's don't experience um, hurricane season. We're not on, you know, an earthquake zone. Mm -hmm. But what we do have um, is floods and flooding because okay. the coast of Guyana is actually six feet uh, below sea level. So the Atlantic Ocean can really flood um, our coastal areas. So we do have some sea defense, but of course with climate change and global warming and all these things, that is a real concern because so many people, I think it's about roughly like 90% of the population lives along the coast. Mm -hmm. So um, that is something that is you know, of, uh, always a concern in the back of people's minds. Interesting, and what is Georgetown like, if you could tell us? So Georgetown is a, that's that's our capital city, of yeah. course. Uh, it's very busy. It's probably the busiest part of the entire country. It's extremely vibrant um, in in that sense. There's always, uh, you know, something to do or different places to go, and that's kind of where most of you know our schools and our life and livelihoods take place in the city itself. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, one day. 
maybe I'll be able to go to the Caribbean. But for the meantime, I feel like the best way to get a sense of this place is through the Caribbean Festival going on this weekend. Are you planning to go down there? Yeah, actually. So, well, this year, Caravana, this would be my first time, actually, um, mm -hmm. since moving to Toronto. Guyana does have a carnival. We Well, our carnival is known as Mashramani. So that is uh, our equivalent of that. That's usually held in February. But also, too, um, many people don't really know about this, but Guyana, a few years ago, actually started uh, our own carnival um, that takes place in May. Okay. Um, because a lot of people don't really, like, in terms of outside tourists, a lot of people don't really come to um, Mashramani in February because around that time there's Trinidad Carnival, and that's the main um, event around that time. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool and really interesting, so I'm excited to see what this year's Caravana events bring in terms of, you know, how it measures up mm -hmm. <laughs> to what I've been uh, exposed to so yeah. far. All right, well, good. Well, hopefully this episode of Tracks from Abroad can be a little taste in terms of the music that you'll find down there. But what you won't find on the radio is, of course, the the food and yes. the, the people you're going to meet down there. I'm going to go down there tomorrow and uh, hope to see you there as well. Yes, as am I. As am I. I hope to see you there, too. Great. Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on Tracks from Abroad. Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. Thanks for listening. You don't know what you have. Until it's gone You don't know what you have Until it's gone Now you're up and gone away, baby Didn't wanna stay, baby I wasn't a play, baby I just want your hair, baby Where you really want me to Should I know my love for you is true Girl, you been tell me that you're never gonna leave. Girl, you been tell me that you're never gonna leave. Girl, you been tell me that you're never gonna leave. Girl, you been tell me that you're never gonna leave. Hello, this is Jesse McDougal, ready to introduce our next guest. Thank you very much to Alyssa for coming on the show. Next, you are going to hear Danny Adham. He's a comedian, and you'll catch him giving away hundreds of dollars of his own money in the annex to support local comedy in Toronto. Without further ado, this is Danny Adham on Tracks from Abroad. Thank you so much. It's always interesting hearing how people pronounce, I guess I, I pronounce it Guyana. Guyana. And Guyana. It's very professional. It's very, we're really like as Guyanese and Guyana. But I'm yeah. from Guyana. But tell me, <laughs> so here you are in Toronto, but you've lived in Montreal, and how did all this begin in Guyana? Um, I was born there in 1975, and uh, yeah, really poor, dirt poor. I, I, I like to tell people that it was like dirt poor in Guyana, because in Guyana, well, I mean, mainly a lot of what we had in our house, our little house on stilts there, uh, was a lot of dirt, and it was important, like, if a cow came by and took a huge dump in front of your gate, my sister would scoop up that cow, Dang. cow dung, and use it to fertilize our dirt. And that yeah. was that would have been a happy day in the household. Sure. <laughs> how interesting. Now, how is it that you were able to travel then to Montreal? Um, my mother, my older sister, when she was 16, she married a Guyanese man that's Canadian. Uh, and he was able to bring her to Canada. When I was six months old, my sister was pregnant for her second child and was able to sponsor my mother okay. uh, to come in as a babysitter um, to be able to help her. 
once my mother got to Canada and I was being raised by my 13-year-old sister and my 9-year-old sister in Guyana, she was able to work, work several jobs, get an apartment, and then come back and get the other five of us. And that happened in 1982. And that 1982, February, I, uh, I arrived in a plane. <laughs> I did discover in Montreal that I was, that I was an entertainer at heart, but my, I guess my, my brain uh, wasn't developed to, to catch up to that and understand that that's where I should be putting... Uh, my time and my effort and, and that's where my career was going to lie or, or just my passions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I left Montreal when I was 18 uh, oh. to come to Toronto. Gotcha. Um, you know, discovering that I was in love with my best friend. And, uh, you know, and just I guess it was in a way I was uh, leaving to run away from the closeted person. I didn't really know that and that's how I ended up in Toronto. And also, you know, my mother was super strict. So as soon as I turned 18, I was like, I'm out. And my sisters uh, lived in Toronto. And I loved Toronto. I mean, as much as I loved growing up in Montreal, whenever we'd get off on that 401, me and my mom would take the Voyager bus to come visit my sisters who, who lived here and my nieces and nephews. Stuff, and I'd see that CN Tower, I'd freak out from wow. a kid, even to now. Every time ever, if, if there's a CN Tower view, I am lost in it. So becoming a, a Torontonian at 18, yeah. I think, was always um, where my heart had to go. Uh-huh. I do want to give some context beforehand. So yeah. the way that we met, let's talk about yes. this. I have not been into comedy for a long, long time. Um, and that's because, as I told you, I come from a very small town. Okay. So to go to a comedy show, it's like you're driving like <laughs> yeah. an hour. Yeah. Um, so that was not possible for me growing up. But here I am in Toronto. I have so many opportunities to try new things. And then I find myself at the poorhouse watching a comedy show. Yeah. How did you guys – And was it just random? You weren't – It was because of – and I want to get this guy's name right. I don't know if I – it's because the comedian Phil. Do you know Phil? Phil. Philippe Koo. Phil got me in there, and for the past four weeks, I've been going every month. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So I like to sit <laughs> in the front row. I like to, uh, you know, it's all different kinds of comedy, right? I mean, yeah. So, yeah, the whole thing with the open mic is when, when everything was going to reopen, because of the pandemic, uh, a lot of open mics got closed down because uh, comedians would host open mics within the city as a way to get themselves um, experience and stage time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And because of our, our, our how long the lockdowns were and the restrictions, I think that breed great art. And it's definitely breeding great comedy. As you saw this Monday with the competition. Oh, sure. Was, there's four of them that just floored it. Yeah. So listen here. This is 182 DuPont Street. That's 182 DuPont Street in Toronto, just north of the Annex. Let's come back to Guyana. And as we were walking in here, you said you, you went from Guyana to Montreal and there was a lot of white people. Yeah. So tell us about that, that just switching places and your, your roots there in that mm. country. It, <laughs> there was so much that was new. I mean, it was snowing. It was February wow. in Montreal in 1980. There was snow everywhere. I'd never seen that before at all. Um, just the amount of electricity and lights everywhere. Yeah. The, the cars, elevator, escalators. I actually grew up in a very... Um, poor white neighborhood in Montreal and Ville Saint Laurent, so very, um, very French Canadian around where we were, and people that didn't have as much. And man, I was so lucky to grow up with people like that because mm-hmm. they were very much just like us. So as much as they were white and we were brown, and you know they made different food and we <laughs> had curry all the time, we had that common thing as neighbors is that we were all struggling. And we were all trying to make it in, in the 80s. And the 80s was a great party time, too. And when I think people had, they had a good time. And as Guyanese people, we loved to party. And we'd have these great 
huge parties in our two bedroom apartment and we'd have our, our white friends over, our neighbors over. And so it was this, this wonderful feeling. So it wasn't that, um, especially for me, that the white people were so different or very difficult to adjust with all that because I was six years old. For, it was it was ever it was it was like this was family. Um, and then going to school, too, was was incredible. So. I don't know. I look back and I loved my growing up. I didn't yeah. know what racism was until yeah. I came to Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Toronto. We could talk about that later. But listen, Danny, you're the first comedian on Tracks from Abroad, and I do intend to get more comedians. And one I met from your show, George, he's, he's from the UK. Rivard, yeah, George he's amazing. Rivard. But what I, what I want to say is that you're the first comedian. Who are your favorite other comedians? And then are there any, is comedy exist in Guyana? Yeah. Um, oh my good Guyanese people love to laugh and tell stories. Yeah, and tell uh, yeah, see, in Guyana, when when I was growing up, we didn't have electricity, we didn't have a TV or anything like that, right? There was the, there was a theater, mm-hmm. there was the movie theater down the street, so we'd watch a lot of Bollywood movies and, and wow. going there, even though we didn't speak Hindi. Yeah. Bollywood is huge in Guyana, right? Because it's brown people on the screen. There's the singing and the dancing, but then there's also you know your Jackie Chan films that mm-hmm. Guyanese people love and. And my uncles would watch um, Charlie Chaplin and things sure. like that I didn't grow up with. And then for me, when we came to Canada too, the first entertainment we all gravitated towards was comedy. So one of my favorite first shows, and and soap operas for my for my mother, Days of Our Lives. Um, for me, it was Three's Company. So Jack Ritter was a huge influence. Uh, that, that and also because he was pretending to be a gay guy. So as a young gay kid, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? I was gravity. And plus, he had this great physical comedy and this good naturedness of him too, and everything he did. I mean, so it was always a lot of comedy on the TV. And I remember one night we were a packed two bedroom apartment. We were like 15 people because we were the first ones to come from Guyana, and my mom helped out we ended up helping out a lot of other she's one of 13 brothers and sisters well, come from two bedroom apartment 15 people oh yeah 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 one bathroom yeah and so my mom because my mom would help out all her brothers and sisters and their kids to come to Canada and so we would be everyone's first stop and so that's why we didn't get a lot of time to develop our own selves up here and I kind of got lost in the shuffle in the mix as the youngest because I'm, I'm youngest by far of my older and then everyone would come and, and live with us and stay with us so I didn't get my own room till like yeah. way later yeah. on way later on because you know it was just surviving and helping others to survive but uh, the most influential I think for me moment with that with my family in terms of comedy and Guyanese because they laughed their asses off was Eddie Murphy's um, I think the uh, one of I think it was either Delirious or Raw I always mix up which one came first um, both absolutely incredible both leather outfits and I remember I hid in front of the couch so I can watch it because they were all talking about it and they were so excited and man, I was floored. Mm. It was incredible. Eddie Murphy still remains to me to be to be one of the greatest. I thought of him as a god just because he had this incredible incredible room and he said crazy stuff and even made jokes about fucking men and shit, which a lot of, you know, gays look back and said, Oh, that was that was homophobic. I look back and I'm like, as a little gay kid, someone was telling me there's something called gay out there and yeah. men fuck men. So more than anything, Eddie Murphy. And then uh, to answer your question of influences, yeah. Robin Williams okay. is the main person I'm studying right now. Cool. As I said earlier, I'm quite new to comedy. I haven't been to many shows. Um, but what are some misconceptions about comedy and can anyone do it? It all depends. You could you could start off with one joke and just go to an open mic and just expand on that joke to get to a four minute set. It can take months. It can take years to get a great hot five minute set yeah. that you want because you got to understand 
to to become a stand-up comedian, yes, you gotta you, you gotta have some skill with being funny, some skill with writing it. More than anything, I think you have to have the ability to go out there and learn, to analyze self, to take criticism, to listen to the audience, the room before you go into a room, to yeah. understand the room, to listen to the playback. A lot of comedians will um, record themselves right. so they can see it back. So it's a, it's a lot of work to get to those, even that one minute of joke that really works and will win a room every single time. I do believe that, you know, if Anybody can become a great stand-up comedian. It's just going to take a lot, a lot of work. A lot of these comedians do three, four rooms at night of open mics. If there were more open mics in the city, I would be. I, I just started doing the open mic circuits. I'm, the most I've done is three, and I would love to go out every night, but there aren't that many. Okay. And a lot of the ones that I go to, I now understand why comedians love my room. Sometimes it's extremely painful, and sometimes there's yeah. nobody there but stand-up yeah. comedians, yeah. Okay, extremely painful. I'm latching onto that. The first show that I went to, you had to do a little moderating, or we could even say policing. We had some people do uh, sets um, that weren't too well-received for whatever reason. You didn't yeah. like them. So you have to be a moderator. You have to be like a referee in there. Yeah. What does that feel like? Well, when we... When we I think it was when everything first reopened up, you know, there's a lot of angry comedians out there and people that want to say things. There was yeah. a lot of movements. There was the mask mandates. There was yeah, Black yeah, Lives yeah. Matter. So people were really riled up. I know after George Floyd, I was riled up too, right? And then we were all contained. So at the beginning, it was very difficult, but I knew exactly what the definition of my show was, the positivity, the support for others. Yeah. I'm a brown gay immigrant, so it's not going to exist on there. People did push it. Guys were trying really hard to say the N-word several shows. Really? There are guys that have said it. They have guys that have used the gay F word, um, which I, I, you know, is a derogatory term for me, and I asked them not to. As much as I never wanted to limit comedy, I had to let them know that this is a room, this is a business I was doing my show at, and there was um, an expectation for everyone to feel safe. Even if you were making fun of someone who is a friend, an audience member who's not your friend and doesn't know your friends, they hear that. Now they feel unsafe. Who's going to come after me next? That is not the experience that I want to create. Yes. You have to have some guts up there. Listen, I've been an extremely suicidal person the last little bit for a long time, too. And uh, so for me, nothing scares me anymore, especially with others. Uh, I, I, I like to, you know, and if, yeah, I think you get to just a certain point where you're just like, no, I, I don't, you can say whatever you want, do whatever you want. Yeah. This is my room. This is my show. This is my time and my world. Uh, one of the greatest things I love. One of the sayings that I love is the world is what you make it. And so I'm going to make sure I continue to make the world around me exactly yeah. as I believe it should be. And that kind of starts with my work, right? Yeah. Especially that room. Well, I, I got teased a little for wearing my CIUT mask. And I'm like, hey, come on. I live for this. CIUT 89.5. Here, here we go. So take this. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, you're great with it. You were able to. Yeah. I, I tried to roll with it again. New to comedy, I was like, "All right, let me just take it as it comes." You can take this question. You can you can uh, share as much as you feel comfortable. But um, on your social media, you've talked about some challenges you've gone through recently, and basically, your your uh, the heart of it was that comedy saved you. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Creating the show and having these comedians you know there was the the bad apples uh, that i immediately will squash and throw away but there was also this great influx of super talented humans that would come and try and do their thing and be funny and i it just gave me such joy to create that room so it saved me because they would come and bring their jokes to me to my room for me to listen to yeah. and then also kind of you know it became important to them that i i would laugh that so 
it was this whole idea of like, fuck, man, if I would have killed myself and never created this room, like, you know, would Raul Topiwala, who was amazing the other night, because I've seen them change. I've seen, I not to be, I'm not trying to, but you give people love, man, they will shine. Yeah, but You're giving away hundreds of your own money. Yeah, I am. Uh, just like you're investing in your education here at U of T and you spend thousands upon thousands upon thousands to become skilled. To become skilled, hopefully, um, yeah, when you will, and, and be successful. It's the same thing I'm doing now. I was telling you earlier, my I don't like the whole regret thing. Yeah, um, but I have a really a really good brain, and I would have loved to have been at EFT. Yeah. One thing that I've enjoyed from going to these comedy shows is that I hear good jokes, and they're sort of in the back of my mind. And one joke that I heard that I liked was this guy saying, um, "It's been hard for me to quit drinking because I'm a better person when I drink." And yeah. <laughs> So I so I say, guys, what did I do last night? I don't even remember. They're like, oh, you spoke Spanish. You talked to, you told a prostitute to go back to school. Like, <laughs> I can't quit this. This makes me a better person. Is comedy in substance abuse go hand in hand? Because <sighs> I just had a thought that these substances, you know, at the well, beginning, they do make you more talkative. They make you funnier, more confident. And here you are. All of those things go straight into being a good comedian. I get, yeah, I think you can become a clutch. You think you can become a great comedian and you need the substance to be, but that's not true at all. No. Um, I'm funnier when I haven't. Uh, but I, honestly, when I'm not drinking and and I've been I've been putting away the chemicals, yeah, um, I, I am better, uh, better especially at the producing part of it. Okay, producing part of it. I for me, I I see that you know there are comedians they they need that little adrenaline rush, but it's also. A lot of people, all of us, whether we're comedians or not, are dealing with a lot within our head and, and who we are and our, our existence. And comedians, putting yourself out there requires a lot to go up there because jokes will fail, you know, and, and that's part yeah. of the hard part of it. And, and some people need that little bit of extra. Um, I think more than anything, with the thing that goes hand in hand with comedy, not the substance abuse, but I guess that need to fill some sort of void you know, and some of us run to the substance, but then I think for me, comedy ends up can be, and any work that you do that you're passionate about ends up replacing the need to okay. abuse the substance. But, but for me, now finding my place and finding my purpose, the 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 need for the substance is you're now you're now diminishing. fully addicted to comedy. Yeah, it's great. Shit, <laughs> All right, um, I think we got to end this show. We got to say thank you to Danny thank for coming so on much. tracks from abroad. You're very welcome. Yeah, if you wanna come and take a ride with me, come and slide with me, get high with me, it's alright. Baby, baby, it's alright. With the gang, it's alright. Baby, if you wanna get high with me, slide with me, rollin' on the drive with me, it's alright. Baby, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright. Right. See you shining on your own, turning off the clock. Her time is coming when it's time you turn it off the clock. Girl, you know you turned in off the club. You popping bottles of bubbly, 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 bubbly. bubbly. Yeah, you shining on your own, turned in off the club. Summer's coming when it's time you turned in off the club. Bounce that, girl, you know you turned in off the club. You popping bottles of bubbly, 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 bubbly.
Popping bottles of bubbly. Popping bottles of bubbly. Hey everybody, this is Jesse McDougal checking in, telling you that you are listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Danny. It was one that I really look forward to, mostly because, you know, I'd never really talked to a comedian, so I just wanted to ask, how do you do it, basically? It looks intimidating as hell. Also, thank you to Alyssa at the top of the show, our UFT interviewee, for coming on and talking about Guyana. That last song that you heard was by was by Roy Woods. Roy Woods is of Guyanese descent, and he uh, he represents Toronto. He's hopped on tracks with Drake, and unfortunately he did not return my calls for interview, but we're going to play another of his songs. This is Juliet and Romeo by Martin Solveig and Roy Woods. We're going to play some more Guyanese songs right after this, so keep it locked on tracks from abroad. <laughs>
You want me to do be funny, right? Tracks from abroad. Tracks from abroad. Tracks from abroad. Tracks from abroad. Them girl one bad boy with cute face. Lash up head with a few nice ways. Chain funny neck and gun funny ways. Tint up car with two loud bass. Them girl love bad boy. Them girl don't want no soft boy. Mm, yeah, real sad Harold. Them girl don't want no egg boy. Is what the girl them want? Saddle pump bikes, get up on the XR. If I throw a ball in the yoga, get jang on the rats. What Drew really saying, top dog? Yo, Kush, some girl don't really go in for the looks. Some like the hype and like on Facebook. Some people rich, some people got rich. Look, I stood by the books. I like them sick girl from Guyana. They girl them bad for this. And resisting in Guyana, like Trini in the place. Bad, bad, bad boy. Them girl don't want no soft boy mm, yeah, real sad Harold Them girl don't want no egg box Here yeah, she but the toxic, this and toxic, that But every night she got me for the toxic cock We keep it confidential with my taxi hat Sent you home to Shaman and I done with that Hey Drew, you sure that you done with that? Yo Ras, you sure that you done with that? Yo Kush, we swear that we done with that We call the car that we sent you back Girl want bad boy them girl don't want no soft boy mm, yeah, real sad Harold Them girl don't want no egg boy Every guy in his girl want a bad boy Them girl don't want no soft boy mm, yeah, real sad Harold Them girl don't want no egg boy Them girl want bad boy with cute face Lash up head with a few nice ways Chain bunny neck and gun bunny ways Tint up car with two loud bass Them girl want, yeah you are listening to Tracks from Abroad on CIUT 89.5 FM. To get a track listing for this show, please visit tfa.radio on Instagram, or you can go to our website, tracksfromabroad.com. My name is Jesse McDougall. I'm very thankful for all the interviewees who came on our show today. I hope you enjoyed the music, and we have one more song coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me tease you a little bit. We have shows on Italy, Barbados, Jamaica, Colombia, and Egypt coming up on this show. All you got to do is tune in and listen. I'm your host, Jesse McDougall. We will see you next week. Darling, I've been trying to hold you down. Though the fear within my heart still lingers round Darling, I am hoping to see your face Every Sunday morning in my embrace And though the fear within my heart still drives me over the edge It is you that I want to hold me in bed should the sun shine tomorrow, I'll be holding my head Cause I'll be hoping for raindrops instead Fresh roses in my garden, need the rain I've been hoping for clouds, but the sun remains Fresh roses in my garden, need the rain Heaven sent me your love, but it keeps Darling, I was searching for the light within When you came on in place, my world would spin I was aching when 
you came around Funny how things work All my world was upside down And though the fear in my heart Still drives me over the edge It is you that I want to hold me in bed Should the sun shine tomorrow I'll be holding my head Cause I'll be hoping for raindrops instead Fresh roses in my garden Need the rain I've been hoping for clowns But the stars remain Fresh roses in my garden Need the rain Heaven sent me all along But it keeps me chained By my time The dark, the skies are red. To feel your love over me. Fresh roses in my garden. Need the rain. I've been hoping for clowns, but the sun remains. Fresh roses in my garden. Need the rain. Heaven sent me your love, but it keeps. Let me change.